2: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW reporting prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Sand Talk, the Beach Soccer Podcast, supported
3: by La Liga. With thanks to Beach Soccer Worldwide's partners, Humor, Iconic, United Nations Alliance for Civilizations, and Genius. Thank you all for believing in the sport. Welcome along, it is Sand Talk, the beach soccer podcast, and with some on the horizon, we have got so much to discuss on today's show. More teams have been winning World Cup qualifying places and will speak to their captains. Plus, we have the first ever Arab woman to become a FIFA certified coach, Haria Al-Tariri, who is changing the women's game worldwide. And as part of the build-up to the European qualifiers and the EBSL, we'll also catch up with two Denmark's leading figures in beach soccer, captain of the national team Kasper Dorf, and Klaus Riding, one of the main men behind the Copenhagen beach soccer team, which also doubles as the national team. My name is Mark Pendergast and as ever, joined by Beach Soccer Worldwide's press officer, Matt Mills. How are you doing, Matt? Hi, Mark. Yes, not
4: so bad, thank you. I'm uh, I'm itching, to be honest. I'm, I'm itching to be back on the sand, as I'm sure you are.
3: Yep, it'll make a change from the building site outside of here where I'm recording right now. That's the only sand I've seen for, what, since last September now? Matt, I know it's the start of the show, but can we have a musical interlude? Yep, fire away. Recognise this song? Certainly do recognise that song, that is Rudimental. And why would we be playing Rudimental on the show? I'll
4: tell you why, Mark, because there's some great news come out of England the last couple of days, and that is that Locksmith, who is one quarter of the band we all know and love Rudimental, I'm sure you recognise that song as well will be sponsoring the England Beach Soccer Training Ground, which, can can you have a guess what it's called, Mark?
3: Um, Has has he named it after himself or has he named it after the band?
4: Uh, I think he would probably have some copyright issues with the band, so he's named it after himself. It's Locksmith Park. The most secure ground
3: in Britain, I would imagine, with a name like that. No uh, no getting in Locksmith Park. So don't try and break in. (laughs) Yo, I'm Locksmith and I'm sponsoring the England Beach Soccer Training Facility and I'm excited to be a part of it. So in terms of beach soccer, the dynamics are just crazy. You've got the boys doing overhead kicks like every five minutes and they're just doing it easy, just plucking it out like they were born with that technique.
0: I'm looking forward to beach soccer growing, quite frankly. Um, it's got the scope to go as far and as wide
3: as, you know, the teams, the people involved uh, put into
0: it and that's what I'm about.
3: I have seen video of that on Instagram. If you check out Aaron Clark's Instagram, you can see Locksmith being introduced to the ground. And he's actually having a kick around with the fellas, and he's—he's he's not a bad player, is he? I think we could go for pro celebrity beach soccer. I think he could be in there. What do you reckon? This is a new concept. Think we could go with it?
4: Yeah, I think so. We had Jamie Redknapp, didn't we, on the uh, footballing legend on the sand uh, about a year ago. So yeah, for sure.
3: Yep, Nigel De Jong played over in Qatar as well, and Freddie Flintoff, famous cricketer, was also involved on the sand, I think, in Barcelona at one time. So we've got the the semblance of a new circuit there, pro-celebrity beach soccer. It could rival a golf, you never know. So we go from Locksmith Park to the World Cup qualifiers, and with South America and Europe still to be decided, we have decided the CONCACAF region and the African region as well. And it's the first time that certain team has qualified for the tournament matter, is it? It's
4: Mozambique, which is a bit of a curveball, a bit of a surprise for everyone. They actually, this is mad, they went unbeaten until they met Senegal in the final. And let's face it, at the minute, nobody in Africa beats Senegal. So when you meet them in the final, probably, you know, you can expect them to lose. But they beat Egypt, they beat Morocco. And one question that I am going to ask is, would it have been a different story if Nigeria had been their mark?
3: I think there's a fair chance it could well have been because you know, Nigeria is such a strong team in beach soccer and such great support as well, and a, a big league there like the Kerry Beach Soccer League. It would have been difficult, but you can only do what's put in front of you, and they've taken their chance. And we managed to speak to the captain of Mozambique, Anivaldo, maybe.
0: So first of all, I say that we, when we we win Uganda in the semifinals, we went very happy because it's a something that is amazing for our people, for our country and for us such as players. In the World Cup, we will try to to do our best. If they are, we will try to face game each game and to do as long as we can, so far as long as we can.
3: Fantastic for Mozambique to qualify for the World Cup. And I'm thinking here, Matt, does that mean now that Portuguese will be the most widely spoken language at the World Cup? Because you'll have Portugal, Brazil and Mozambique. All Portuguese speaking nations is English, maybe there with the USA and Tahiti. That's two nations. I think it is. The, uh, can we stamp that official?
4: No, that's an interesting question, actually, because Tahiti would argue a lot of them are French speakers. And then, well, we've got the European qualifiers coming up, so you may well have France. Mm. Uh, and then you've got Senegal, who are French speaking, who, of course, also qualified from the African Cup of Nations alongside Mozambique.
3: So we can say then. Potentially, with French, it will be the most widely spoken language at the World Cup. Can I stamp that official?
4: But then again, you've got Spanish, Mark, because there's Spain, there's El Salvador, uh-huh. and then we don't know what's going to come out of Comoros, do we? So this is
3: that's true, but it can't. Can it beat three nations?
4: Well, it depends what happens in uh, Europe and South America. As if Spain and Uruguay, the likes of Argentina, qualify. But it, you know what, Mark? I'm going to say it, it could well be. Let's see what happens. Let's have a look out for that.
3: Okay, we'll stamp it semi-official there you go stamped and in the CONCACAF region it was El Salvador qualifying big up and coming nation and the USA are back in the World Cup and we managed
5: to catch up with their top scorer Nick Pereira yeah the mood in the in the team is really positive we we went through what we thought was an extremely grueling qualification um, process especially with uh, with the way that the covid protocol and all those things were set up for us and uh, we're really pleased to get through it and obviously the final was a bit of a disappointment but um, moving forward I think it's a great lesson for us and to be honest with you I think losing that game is going to spur us on to, to push harder um, than had we won it so uh, I think that's a positive thing. We've got this, the, the talent pool that we have with some, with some veteran players who've been there and kind of done it for quite a while, Jason Santos, Alessandro Canale... Um, Chris Toth, obviously. So we've got, we're really pleased with the group that we have. and We've got some new young players that are pushing the level. And um, I think it's something that that we need to do. And um, we need to continue to bring in young players into this sport and, and bring in a new generation of players. And the new generation of players is also very fortunate. They've got um, an older group of players that they can play with and, and, and find modelling off of, um, which a lot of us didn't have when we started playing the game. We, we were... We didn't have a, a, a veteran group that we could ask questions to and that we could, we could base our game off of. So um, I think that the future is definitely bright here.
4: Yeah, it was strange in the CONCACAF uh, championships because there was a drop in form from Mexico that no one really expected, I think, especially after they dominated so much in 2019 and obviously they won the, the qualifier for the World Beach Games and the uh, CONCACAF championship.
3: So no Mexico in the World Cup. Maybe they should have tried the magical venue that Mozambique did.
4: Well, perhaps Mozambique's success was down to the training camp that they had in one of what's now one of beach soccer's most important locations globally. Home of big wave surfing. Yep, big clue there, Mark. Thanks for that, of course. in Portugal, and we're all gonna be there very soon for the European qualifiers.
3: It does seem with Portugal being more and more open and has been an absolute lifeline during these COVID times. And, Mike, you've got news on an innovator in the world of beach soccer.
4: Well, she's an innovator, she's an influencer, she's inspirational. She, I, I, I've been running out of words to describe her. She was truly incredible to speak to. Auria El-Tahiri, she's a head coach of the UAE women's national football team. She's been the face of campaigns for La Liga, and she's highly involved in women's football with FIFA. And now she's turning her attention and influence to beach soccer.
6: You know, I accept challenges, and If I cannot face them, I cannot fix stress. Uh, And again, it's not easy life, I believe, but I accept judgment, I don't mind. And then I think judgment makes me better person because when they keep saying, women shouldn't be part of this, why? Why do you think women shouldn't be part of this? Because we're not educated enough or because we don't have information enough. So we missing something. We represented ourselves in this way. So what I need to improve, it's not a job for me anymore. It's about uh, self-development. I cannot be a good person unless I'm a good in everything I do. It's not just about being on the field. I have a lot of things to do out of the field. I don't believe in people who say uh, management is not important. It is important. As a coach, I need to be a good manager. We don't have that uh, uh, financial support, big support financially like football for men. So sometimes you need to have, you need to be more capable of doing things.
3: And I also hear that Gemma Hillier, England international, Great Britain international, is moving to the UAE as well. So, Matt, hook those two up, will you?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm on it, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm in correspondence with them both. So uh, watch this space, leave that one with me.
3: So from the UAE, we move back to European beach soccer.
4: Now, as an Englishman, hearing that there are Vikings on the beach hasn't always been the best news. But in modern times, it is very good news, at least for the sport of beach soccer. And that's why I'd like to welcome to the show Kasper Dorf, captain of the Danish beach soccer team, and Klaus Riding, the man behind a lot of the beach soccer that we enjoy in Denmark today, including Copenhagen Beach Soccer Club. Guys, thanks so much for being here.
1: Pleasure. My pleasure.
4: What's new and exciting in Danish beach soccer?
1: Yeah, a lot of things. Um, they started to focus about uh, beach soccer again uh, a little bit. Um, trying to organize some some youth uh, tournaments and and camps yeah start with the with the young guys and then hopefully uh, like 10 years ago with with a national championship in, in denmark so hopefully we can we can start start it all again
4: and in terms of the 2021 season what do you see for the Danish national team
1: I think we will do pretty good this year because this crazy year with with this coronavirus uh, has uh, getting us closer together, and then we have been practiced like never before, and um, like three or four times a week. I think we are as prepared as we can be in Denmark, and um, and and looking forward to to go to go to the to the big events and and, and fight for our country and and be strong in Denmark.
4: Brilliant. That's in fact that was something that I was also going to ask, and it now doesn't seem like such a strange question. But uh, I was going to ask. Did the pandemic benefit you in, in any way? Maybe it gave you some extra time to prepare?
1: Actually, I think it, it, it did. The focus on beach soccer, because we had so much time doing, some of us was not working and school was closed, so we could practice more. And some teams, uh, normal grass football teams, uh, they started to focus on beach soccer and, and find it uh, interesting. So they they contacted us and and that's what we are doing now, doing some some training, special training for football clubs in, in the sand, and so it, it it kind of gave us some some benefits this pandemic.
4: Klaus, you wanted to say something about that.
0: Yes, I just want to to make a, a comment on this as uh, as a, as a, a, a formal uh, part of the squad in the national team. I, I I've had a quite of a break due to family and and work reasons, but. But this year, I, I've started practicing again with the team. And uh, for me, uh, I can see a huge progress on the on the national team in terms of, um, I mean, I've been on uh, taking a break for, for a year or a year and a half, but so much uh, development has happened on the team. It, technically, uh, we have had some new young guys in the team now coming in, and they are doing very well. And there is a, a, a very good team culture, team spirit. So, it's easy for me to see as uh, uh, I can compare it uh, with a, a year or two ago, and and it's only for the for the positive th- side. And in terms of the co- co- Corona or COVID-19 perspective, um, it, it, is, it has for sure made it made the team uh, made, it, has, it has set a positive uh, effect on the team definitely
4: and in terms of the other scandinavian countries do you have uh do you have a lot to do with the other clubs and the other national teams is there rivalry do you uh, do, do you speak a lot Are you friends with them all
1: yeah actually we have a, a really close uh friendship in in scandinavia um sweden just started up a national team um so they will compete as a national team this year so that's a, that's a huge uh, progress and um and norway they they struggle a lot with the with the restrictions they have
4: I'm going to take a little bit more of your time, and we're going to do some predictions for the 2021 season. Casper, EBSL Euro Beach Soccer League champions. Portugal. Portugal. Oh,
0: damn it. Klaus. <laughs> well, that was a very good uh, good name to to drop, Casper. <laughs> I will I will say I uh, will say Spain then.
4: Oh, big shout! That would be uh, that would be interesting. They've come close in the mm-hmm. last few years, but uh, yeah, okay. Sure. Next one, Casper, you're a winners' cup, Copenhagen, no?
6: Hopefully,
1: Copenhagen. <laughs> no, I think um, I think after what happened last year with Crystal uh, winning, uh, I think the I know it's the the easy answer, but I think Braga will will come back. Uh, strong this year and and go for the for the title so that's gonna be my prediction
4: okay and klaus maybe you're a little disadvantaged in going second here <laughs> but you can say braga as well if you want there are no rules against that
0: no that's true but it's just um i i would say i would i will say Crystal then because i think they would like to to keep the title and show that it was not only last year
4: the big one the fifa beach soccer world cup which is of course going to take place in russia casper who do you think is going to win that
1: the boring one is to say uh, portugal again but uh, let me go for let me go for uh, brazil this year
4: okay interesting klaus
0: i would i would go for this year particularly I would go for for russia Due to the home advantage, um, I, think, uh, I think they will surprise. All right, Matt, before
3: we wrap up today, I think what we should both do is pick a song that we think is going to be the most played on the sand this summer.
4: OK, my choice, reworked 70s anthem, Bernie M Rasputin.
3: I think this is going to be huge on the sand, yeah. I'm, I'm closing my eyes now. I'm imagining cheerleaders and I I'm imagine the crowd going, wild. Wow, key change, yeah, After that works. Perfect for a Russian World Cup, match. I I think, yep, very, very, very good choice. I get a feeling this could be played several thousand times this summer. I, I I hate to say this, Matt, but I can actually vaguely remember that first time around. Anyway, do you want me to go for mine? Mine is also a reworking of an anthem. I think this is perfect for beach soccer because normally the tournament's they are on a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. This is going to be huge. And I'm very happy for the first time in years that I'm not mentioning the two words, Justin and Bieber, when it comes to songs that are going to be played this summer.
4: Hey, that was in the shortlist of my songs, I'll have you know.
3: No doubt, Bieber will be back next year, don't worry. So that's just about it from us. We'll see you next time for another episode of Sand Talk, the Beach Soccer Podcast.
4: Make sure you follow us on all the socials because there's a lot of beach soccer going on at the minute or it's about to start and you don't want to miss a thing. Beach Soccer Worldwide on most places, except on Twitter, it's beachsoccer__WW. And that's it from us.
3: Has to be slightly awkward, Twitter. Catch you next time.